Welcome to the PCS to Corporate America podcast from Cameron Brooks. Our mission here at Cameron Brooks is to help educate junior military officers about their transition options and to inspire veterans to transform their lives and their careers. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the PCS to Corporate America podcast. And I have, uh, I think all of our guests are special guests, but the, this is actually a really special one for me. I've only known this guy that's going to uh, be our guest here since uh, I was 19 years old. And uh, I went to college with him, same major, um, and we commissioned at the same time and got out of the military the same year. So uh, this episode, I have a, a friend uh, and Cameron Brooks alumnus, a classmate from the University of Notre Dame, Dan Farrell. Dan is a 1995 uh, finance grad from University of Notre Dame, former Army quartermaster officer who made the transition in 1999. Dan transitioned from Kraft or transitioned from the Army to Kraft Foods into brand management in their Chicago office. Spent five years with Kraft in, in brand management, earning his MBA at Kellogg School of Business at Northwestern. And since then, I think I've got this right, he's been with three companies in various sales and marketing positions. And the reason why I asked Dan to participate and be a guest here is I wanted him to tell his story because I've always looked at his story and how he managed this um, so successfully about getting out, getting on board a great company that really values junior officers. In fact, the, the gentleman that hired you, Mark Klaus, is now the CEO of Campbell's Soup or the Campbell Soup Company, who is actually just to participate in our last conference and Mark cut a video for the, for the junior officers. So that's a great tie in back to this, but a company that really got junior officers, a hiring manager that really understood you get you into a role where you could build a track record of success. But I knew, I always knew that, that you never really wanted to live a life always in Chicago. This is, I think it's part makes you great. Part makes you crazy. You want to someday go back and live in South Bend, Indiana. You might be the only junior officer I've ever met that's wanted to live again in South Bend, Indiana. Of course, that's where your parents are. You have your brother is there as well. And uh, obviously the alma mater that you're really tied into also. Um, so, but you didn't go right there. A lot of times I'm talking to people who are getting out of the military and they've got to get to that ideal location immediately. But you made some sacrifices in order to get into the right, a good, a great company and that track record of success. So that's why I wanted you here to tell that story and help people understand the, the, the three game-changing strategies that really help people make the jump from the military to the business and what can happen. You're a great example of that. So Dan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Joel. It's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So I think we should start off with, just go ahead and tell your story, Dan, color in what I didn't capture there and what people, the listeners should know more about you and your family and your career. Yeah, you bet. It's funny, Joel, when you say, tell me your story, that's, uh, that's the same exact question I ask when I'm interviewing folks. Um, and I grade the answer based on how Roger Cameron taught me how to do it 20 years ago. So at the end of this answer, you'll have to tell me how I did here. Um, but uh, no, I, as you mentioned, um, you know, I, I grew up in a great family. Um, we were a military family, um, but I was really fortunate to spend most of my formative years in, in Pensacola, Florida. So when you mentioned South Bend, that will come later in the story. I never thought I would end up here, but absolutely um, have uh, have really been blessed throughout my career. 
Um, I was fortunate enough, as you mentioned, to get an Army scholarship uh, intended Notre Dame. Um, you know, in part of that, um, I was able to fulfill one of my lifelong dreams of walking on the Notre Dame football team. Um, you know, I learned a lot uh, at, at Notre Dame, you know, peers of you, um, you know, we were in the same major. I'm pretty sure we did not have the same grades. Um, actually, I'm positive of that. Um, but I did learn, you know, a ton of stuff from, from Coach Holtz, teamwork, the value of effective leadership. So really took away a, a bunch of uh, great lessons there. Um, as you mentioned, um, commissioned a quartermaster officer and spent four years in Fort Stewart, right outside of Savannah. Um, my jump to corporate America took me to Kraft Foods uh, as an associate brand manager. There, I had the opportunity to sharpen both my marketing and sales skills um, and ended up running some of the great brands, you know, such as Kraft Macaroni and Cheese, Taco Bell Home Original. So I really had a, an opportunity there um, that I wouldn't have had anywhere else. Um, after five years at Kraft, um, we decided to make the change to a private equity backed healthcare company. Um, it was funny at this point, my main driver was location. But what really allowed me to do is, as a business person was to get closer to the sale. Um, moving to a, a B2B healthcare environment enabled me to provide strategic marketing leadership, which I learned at, at Kraft Foods, but also sales leadership. Um, and after a successful ownership change, um, I had the opportunity then to move to uh, a really neat startup based out of Notre Dame's business school. Um, and did that for two years and then ended up moving back to uh, healthcare sales and marketing. Um, and so my current role is the SVP of sales and marketing for a clinical outsourcing company uh, that serves over 1500 hospitals across the country. So I've been very blessed with uh, uh, some great opportunities um, and been able to take advantage of those opportunities uh, and, and really enjoy what I'm doing now. So how did I do? You did great. You did well. I failed to say, and I should have brought this up, Dan walked on to the Notre Dame football team as a wide receiver, got a little bit of playing time, uh, I believe our senior year, and uh, a monogram winner as well. I should have added that part in there. That's a, that's a big deal. And, and um, Joel, you, you mentioned Mark Klaus. Um, he was the person who interviewed me at your conference. And I'm pretty sure part of the reason why he hired me was he had a, a pretty competitive flag football team. Um, and I snowed him on that I could still run fast. So, uh, but was apparently not that true. And actually a quick story about Mark. I was sitting in the, the craft, I was sitting in the outbreak. This is like my second conference. Renee Brooks said, sit there, don't say a word and just observe and learn from me. So Mark and Renee are talking about their interviews. And Mark says, well, Joel, I understand you went to school with Dan. I want your opinion. And, oh, I, no. and, I, and, I, stared, and I, I just stared right at him. I was like, Mark, I'm not supposed to talk. I'm not, I, I can't, I'm not supposed to say anything. And I don't remember what I said, but I don't, I don't, I, unfortunately, I don't think I gave you like an endorsement. I don't think I gave you anything bad. I was just like, I just don't want to get in trouble, Mark. And so I don't want to say anything. That's outstanding. Um, yeah. So that was uh, my, I, and I'm pretty sure I said something wrong. So anyway, you're, you, you, you earned it on your own. And by the way, back to the grade piece, one of the things this is, I'm sure the listeners are like, probably don't care about this, but I remember our senior year studying in my dorm for futures and options. And I didn't need the class. I had I already had enough credit without the class and I didn't, I just didn't get it. I was busy with, ROTC stuff. I was busy being a resident assistant. 
<laughs> I got a D on the exam and I just walked up to the, and we studied for it together. And I think we got like a B or something. I got a D and I was like, I am dropping this class. <laughs> so I may have had a better GPA, but I did drop the class that you ended up completing. And uh, I probably should have dropped it. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. So, so the, the, back to the, the story, Dan, which you, you mentioned this, you go to Chicago, you establish this foundation that allowed you, this is the key thing. I think it allowed you, yes, part location, but also to get on board with this company, Prescani, I think is what you're talking about. To, that is was headquartered back then, back at Notre Dame or in South Bend. It allowed you to do both sales, marketing, get closer to home, even in and to do that. But what would have what would have looked like if you and Petra were leaving the military and said, "Well, it's got to be South Bend." It's got to only be South Bend. And, you know, frankly, you could have said it's got to be Chicago because that's not that far away. But you didn't do that even. You saw Gallo out in California. You saw HEB in San Antonio. You did a lot of you looked at a lot of different things. You didn't narrow just to the five hour drive around South Bend. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it was it was great advice from you all um, that said, keep it open, keep it open. Um, and I'll be honest with you, it was tough for us. Um uh, you, you know my wife very well, and, and she's just fun, uh, gregarious, outgoing. But when we first were married, uh, Petra had us fill out little documents that said, where would we be living when we're 10 years in, 15 years, 20 years in? Um, I opened, we opened our 20-year anniversary four years ago today. Today's our anniversary. Um, oh, and, congratulations. Uh, so four, yeah, thank you. Um, so four years ago, we opened our 20th anniversary I had us living in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, there's no way I would have had us ever living up north anywhere else. We were we both grew up in Pensacola, Florida. So really, at the end of the day, Joel, I when we looked at kind of where we wanted to be to set ourselves up for success, it was picking the right job. Um, you know, it, I mean, it, it, as JMOs, we're used to not being in the best places in the world. Um, and it was, hey, let's go get the experience and then see where that takes us. Right. Um, and so luckily, you know, at that conference, you know, we had enough success to have some options to go look at that. And, and I got some great advice from you all, as well as my uh, uh, a trusted advisor, my uncle Dennis, who was like that job, if you don't know what you want to do, you're going to get exposure to sales. You're going to be exposed to marketing. You're going to be exposed to demand planning, logistics, every, every part of a business you're going to get exposed to. I was like, makes total sense. Let's do it. So yeah, I got some great advice along the way, but would not, it was not, the location was absolutely not our first choice. And we talk about this uh, three game changing strategies, JMOs making the jump to business, build the track record of success. Um, work for industry leading company, work for an organization that values the junior officers. And I think about Dan, where you are right now in your career and personally and professionally, because you bring it all together. And this is why I wanted you here. And I look at you and I could, and I, I want to talk more about you because I feel, but I feel like I'm living it as well because we're almost both almost 50 years old now. So it's been a little while, but I think about hey, you're close to your parents you're close to your brother. You're in a you're you're one of the top four or five people in your company, highly successful, 
it was hard getting there. And there were some things that you wanted immediately when you got out, but it's almost like we're finance people. We get, you invest, you don't spend that money now, you save it, you sacrifice that. But the return that you get from the sacrificing that does pay the dividends later on. And when I visit you in your home, wonderful, beautiful home, uh, not far from campus, your kids are going to great schools, you're really passionate about your work. I think about you, but you did that, and the people I look like, people even like Mark Klaus, they did this by following these three game-changing strategies. What do you feel like of those three was the hardest for you to grasp or maybe to, or do you feel is the most important in the transition for you? Yeah, that's um, that's an interesting one. Um, you know, I... I I give this advice all the time. I, I don't think I articulate it the, as well as you guys do here in terms of those three strategies, but ideally you're going to want all three, um, you know, because collectively, you know, I, I'm a marketing and sales guy. I think in terms of competitive advantage, that absolutely gave me a competitive advantage on where I could take my career in the long term. Um, but if I had to pick one, um, I, it would probably be about, you, you, you own it. You have to deliver a track record of success. Um, the other ones help, um, and absolutely give you a competitive advantage, but you know, I believe you have to look for those opportunities to build value where you're at right now. Um, so if you're in the military, where can you build value for your team, your organization? How do you do that in corporate America? Volunteer for those projects that are tough. You know, at the end of the day, ultimately you're going to be graded on your success um, you own that. And that's what your current leadership is going to look for, as well as how you translate that in a resume to the next organization you go to, right? So if I had to pick one of the three, it's really about building building that track record. Um, but I will tell you, um, if you can get into an organization that values JMOs, um, you know, and is a leader in their industry, uh, quick anecdote. Um, when I interviewed at Press Ganey, healthcare company, had no healthcare experience. Um, I came in and on my resume, I said, yeah, I ran, you know, a $300 million P&L at Kraft Foods running Kraft Mac running cheese. The CEO of the company who has been one of my mentors ever since told me later on, he goes, I didn't believe it. He goes, you, you were telling me you ran that business. I cannot believe that, you know, you had that experience. And that's what these companies can give you is the ability to say, hey, I not only ran it, um, but here's what I did with it. I grew the revenue. I, you know, uh, made it more profitable. You know, we expanded into these areas. So, you know, it it, it is important, but it is all about what you're going to do with the, the challenges you're given and, and those opportunities that are put in front of you. It's really interesting from a, bring a personal antidote in here too, that we're talking about this now. Um, my, uh, for the listeners, my second oldest daughter, Ella is a, going to be a senior at Notre Dame. Um, and Dan has been super helpful since he lives like two blocks away. We've been uh, shipping things to his house <laughs> for her. <to> pick up <laughs> and use. Um, but Ella is doing this internship and uh, she's an environmental engineer and she really likes sustainability. And she's doing this internship and it's not related to sustainability. It's a lot more environmental and civil engineering. And she's getting great experience working with great people. Um, it's in Austin, Texas. There's a lot of positives to it, but she's not sure. She doesn't think this is a, which is not really what she wants to do. She wants to get into sustainability, but she's going to have to cross a path. Do I let this go 
and wait for sustainability only? Or do I say, wait a second here, I'm a college student. I got to transition from being a college student to a working professional. I'm not saying she should take this, but I think that before dismissing this, because it's not sustainability, what does this offer? Yes. It's a, it's a top tier civil and environmental engineering construction project management firm. It is, um, it got great people. She raves about her boss. She raves about the other people. She raves about what she's learning. So I think sometimes our mentality is, is I've got to get here. I got to get right there versus, hey, I'm on a journey. And this gets me from point A to point B. From when I get to point B, I can really start opening up more things to get to the ideal. Um, and, and I think that's what I would take away is or share from what I'm learning from you and why I wanted to hear as well is, hey, we're going to look at our careers as a journey and not just a destination all the time. Whether and I would argue your company wise. And I would argue you you probably don't know what the destination is. Um, you know, I would have never guessed that I'd be leading world class sales and marketing teams when we spoke. You know, back in you know 1999, right? right? When when we were at that same conference, you know, you were giving me some advice. I'd be like, I have no idea where I'm going to. I had some ideas where I thought I should be. Um, but I would have never known the path to success would have looked like that, or I would be so happy with what I'm doing now would have never, would have never guessed. So you it's, it's making the best of the best options that you have. And then, you know, continuing to, to drive success and, 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 you know, changing that plan as you go. Um, Cause there's not, there's no one, one defined path. It is important, though, to get that, as you said, the, tr the track record of success in those first three to five years. What was the hardest aspect of that for you? Like what obstacles, either mental or attitude or learning something, was it hard for you to get to that three to five year point? We all run into brick walls in our first three, four, five years out of the military. Yeah. You know, I don't know if there was as many as a themed obstacle or any one obstacle, Joel, but, you know, uh, our, our goals, or when I say ours, because Petra and I really did a good job of communicating throughout this process. Um, it, it, it's, it was really around defining the sacrifices that need to be made. Um, you know, we, we did a lot uh, of, of thinking around, hey, if, if you need to go get your MBA, when's the best time to do that? Um, do you going to take off work and go do it? Are you going to do it at night and, and sacrifice family time? So, um, you know, those obstacles, I think, presented us in just in terms of sacrifices that that we needed to make. I think one, um, you know, interesting one specific, I guess would say is, you know, you have to break a little bit out of the um, the military cycle of deferring up the chain of command. Um, I remember one of my first meetings with my boss's boss and, and being asked a question. Uh, and I kind of deferred to, to my brand manager at the time. I was an associate brand manager and the, the director grabbed me afterwards and says, hey, literally, you are not in the military anymore. I want to hear your point of view and the reasons why you think that way. Um, and so I will tell you, just breaking out uh, of a little of the old behaviors, um, it was was a little tough. But at the end of the day, um, you learn those lessons uh, and then you look for opportunities to demonstrate what you learned. And, and, and it, it just you know, cements the path for you. You know, you've talked about you, you can take this question either way because um, you just have a lot of experience, Dan, whether it be mentors or you personally. What do you think 
what characteristic has allowed for you or the mentors that you've seen that you've looked up to that have allowed them to be successful personally and or professionally? Yeah. Uh, great question. Um, I, I think it comes down to, um, you know, facing adversity uh, with, you know, optimism. And, and that just, it, it sounds a little funny, but any job you take, there's going to be adversity, whether that's small or large. Um, and how you respond to that in, in, in a way is going to be how um, your brand is defined uh, by not only your your bosses, your colleagues, um, but um, in most of our industries, it's very small. Um, you know, so your reputation, you know, as someone that can take on a challenge or someone that um, looks for um, the opportunity um, to find success in hard situations um, is is critical. So I think you know how you face adversity, um, and, and and not only do you fight through it, but how do you fight through it is is probably one of the the best things that I've been taught. Um, and some of the things I try to kind of teach down to the folks that, uh, that I work with now. Do you look back in your career, Dan, is there any one accomplishment or something that you've done? Like, maybe it's somebody that you've mentored. Maybe it's not the, the million dollars, but anything that you look back in your career and say, I'm particularly proud of this, of my, you know, because what's it been now? 23 years now? Make through your career. What yeah? You know, what do you look back on? I'm proud of that. You know what? Uh, that, that's a great question, Joel. I I don't know if there's any one thing, but you know, if if I had to kind of theme that one up, it'd probably be about the teams I created. Um, you know, some of the teams that have been pulled together um, have just been phenomenal. Teams that uh, I have learned hundred times more from them than, than they have from me. Um, you know, these, these folks are just phenomenal human beings, great business folks. Um, and, and being able to, to pull and hold those people together, um, is probably the, the greatest accomplishment. Any, as we wrap up our podcast here, any, you've given a lot of advice, but do you have like the best advice that you've ever been given that you would like to share? Is there some sort of wisdom or some nugget that you've been told that you hold on to that you'd like to put out there? Great question, Joel. Um, you don't know if there's any one piece of advice, you know, I'd give folks, I, I think for me, um, it's, it's really around consistently networking um, and, and not burning bridges. I can't tell you the, the number of times I've had, you know, conversations. I mean, imagine this, we're, we're talking now, right? I mean, your, your, your daughter shows up at, at Notre Dame, we get to kind of continue our, our conversations. All of it, it all comes back around. So I think those two things, and at the end of the day, and you know, I got to bring, you know, a Lewism into any advice, you know, and, you know, he says it's, it comes down to three simple rules, right? It's, it's just do the right thing. Um, do everything you can to the best of your ability in the time allotted and show people you care. Um, you know, so I would tell you, like, at the end of the day, that's probably, you know, the, the rule book that, that I live by that's, that's been successful for me. But uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think he, always, he always puts it in the right perspective and, and, and pretty straightforward. Well, if you weren't going to pass on a Louism, I was going to say, okay, what would Lou Holtz, would you, what was the <laughs> Lou Holtz advice that he would give? And I think that that's, he's got that pretty well spelled out in a lot of places of his three, of his three pillars. Um, Dan, thank you for uh, being a guest here, for giving your time uh, to uh, 
to us, to the, to the listeners. And you've also been involved in hiring over the years. So thank you for doing that. I know you've talked to many junior officers over the years. And um, for the listeners too, Dan's son is going to be a junior at Notre Dame is doing an ROTC. So um, there might be a day in five, six years from now, we, we have a, uh, a Dan Farrell uh, and Petra Farrell's son coming through the program, which I, I, I don't even feel that old, but I tell you, <laughs> That's, we start getting people, we, and this is already starting to happen. I remember it was starting to happen to Roger Renee the first time. And I was like, man, Roger Renee are old if this is going on. And now yeah. it's happening to me where people that came through in 1999 and 2000, 2001, their kids are starting to come through. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been doing this for a while. Right. But I haven't lost my edge. I'm still pretty excited about the business. So someday maybe Connor will come through. Uh, we, we'd be blessed for him to, to have you help him for certain. All right. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it, Joel.